but I think probably the youngest person in the house was probably at a guesstimate about 12 here tonight. And the oldest person I'm guessing is Jim, 91. We bow before you, Jim. 91, what an age. And what I can guarantee whether we're 12, 91 or somewhere in the middle is this. That in life's journey, there has been some twists and some turns, some ups and some downs. The unexpected has happened more times than we were expecting, eh? That is what life seems to be like. And as we look at this book of Nehemiah, there are incredible ups and downs, moments of sheer fear and moments of glory. And I don't know what moment in life you are in right now tonight. But what I do know is that in whatever the moment it is, that the Lord is here and his spirit is with us. That he promises never to leave us or forsake us. And it might be tonight that you, just in the back of your mind, have got that question of doubt. Is he really faithful? Does he really keep his promises? Why does he seem so distant right now? Maybe there are some of the questions going on for a few of us tonight. And as we look at the book of Nehemiah, as we look at the challenges of Nehemiah, the risks that he took and the things that God did, allow these words to encourage you tonight. And not just these words, but the Holy Spirit. It says in the Bible that God's word is living and active. And it's incredible how the words of the page just jump off into our hearts as we read the Bible, as we spend time with God. Words that maybe we've read many, many times and then we read it and there's something fresh for us. And my hope and my prayer is that there's something fresh for you tonight. Now, as Ron said, before the service, we have a time when we pray and we wait on the Lord. And uh, there was a revelation tonight from Mr. Stephen George. And that was that this morning I was talking about this passage and I kept on talking about Nehemiah's big ask, but I forgot to pronounce the K. And everybody thought it was Nehemiah's big ask. So I apologise if you were here this morning. I was talking about his big ask because that is what this chapter is about. Have you ever thought of something that you thought, ah, wouldn't it be great if this happened or that happened? Wouldn't that make such a difference? Wouldn't that have an impact? Maybe you've thought, wouldn't it be amazing if I could get alongside some children or some young people and help them in their walk with Jesus? That would just be fantastic. Wouldn't it be fantastic if I could get involved with the food bank and help people in their time of need? Oh, I've got an idea about how we could be more hospitable to new people or how we could integrate the ages. I've got this idea. Have you ever had an idea that you thought would be great if it was put into place, but you never did anything about it? You see, most people want to do good. We have good intentions, don't we? But there are many times that those intentions remain just that intentions. And last week when we began to look at this book of Nehemiah, we talked about how to make an impact, to really make an impact requires vision. 
and that you don't end up making an impact just by having a vision, you need to do something about it. It requires more than vision and even more than good intentions to end up at your destination. It requires action. It has been said, you can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. You need to actually do it. So last week we spoke about seeing a need, seeing a need, feeling that need, receiving a burden from the Lord for something, a vision from the Lord. And this week we're going to have a look at how we respond when the Lord gives us a vision, when the Lord lays something on our hearts. So we're continuing to look at the book of Nehemiah. We are on chapter 2. If you want a church Bible and you want to follow, it's page 484. And uh, we're going to just take it a little bit at a time. So, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes. Got it. I know what you're thinking. Hey, last week when Ron read it, didn't chapter 1 start exactly the same kind of way? Chapter 1, verse 1. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa. You see, there are about four months between Kislev and Nisan. So the time that has elapsed between when Nehemiah heard about the walls and received this burden that they be rebuilt to the time in this chapter is about four months. And the first way we can respond when we receive a vision from the Lord is probably the most difficult, especially if you're wired like me, which obviously most of you probably aren't. But number one, we need to respond patiently. Who struggles with being patient? Just a little raise of hands, see if I, how much I'm on my own. There's a few of us, there's a few of us in the house. Responding patiently when the Lord lays something on your heart or when you see something and you can see you can make a change, but you respond patiently. Nehemiah was being patient. However, being patient did not mean doing nothing. He was active in his patience. And as the Lord lays on our hearts a burden, a situation, a place, a person that he wants us to do something about, most of the time we don't respond instantly, but we need to be patient. However, we need to be active in our patience like Nehemiah was. So what is it that Nehemiah did while he was waiting on God? Waiting for God to give him an opportunity to fulfill the vision that he had been given. Well, secondly, Nehemiah patiently served. So Nehemiah too. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and I gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my fathers are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. So what we notice here is that Nehemiah continues to do the job that he had been doing and he did it well. Notice at the end of verse 1, it says, 
He had not been sad in the king's presence before. He had not been coming into work every day, looking really miserable, not wanting to be there, doing a bad job. No, he was doing his job to the best of his ability. He was serving the Lord and the king. He was serving faithfully. So when we're waiting on the Lord for something to happen, something change, something new that he might be calling us to do, first of all, uh, we need to wait patiently. And secondly, we need to continue to serve where God has called us to serve until the time he says, ah, now it's time to move on. Do you have something that you sense that God might be calling you to in terms of service? He might well be stirring your heart, be attentive to his voice, but continue to serving, serve in the way you are currently called until the time when he says, go, stay and be faithful and wait for the opportunity to move. Maybe you are not doing anything. Maybe you are saying, I don't have a vision. I don't have a vision for my life. I don't have a vision for anything right now. I am just being. So I'm not doing anything. Well, I can pretty much guarantee that although there are times to definitely be and just be, that the Lord is always up to something. And tonight be encouraged that the Lord is up to something in your life, whether we can see it or not. Surely the Lord has plans and purposes for your life. The Bible tells us it is true. So he wants you to be serving him. He wants us to serve him wherever we find ourselves. And the place where he has us now is often the training ground, sometimes the testing ground for what he has for us next. He's growing us, he's stretching us, he's developing us because there is more in store for you and for me. So we continue to be faithful where God has called us and allow that bigger vision to grow in our hearts and lives. Matthew 25, 21 says this, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Most people don't get catapulted from one place where God's using them into a totally different hemisphere. Most of us, it's a gradual process as the Lord grows us and works with us and tests us and builds us as we get to walk with him day by day. We need to do all that we do as if for the Lord, whether big or small, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. So my encouragement is don't walk around day in and day out grumbling and feeling sorry for yourself because you think the Lord should be calling you and using you in this great way, in this uh, maybe public way, and you've got this idea of how you're going to be used by God in might. And yet you're not living in the small things, being faithful in the small things, growing day by day and serving where the Lord has already positioned you. Take time to be patient and serve where the Lord has already called you with integrity. Thirdly, the thing that we see is that Nehemiah patiently prayed. There's a lot of peas today. We saw last week that Nehemiah was praying and he received this vision from the Lord. Are you praying? Are you spending time in God's waiting room? asking him to speak to you. 
and he's praying and continues in prayer that he will be able to recognise the opportunity when it comes to move forward. Nehemiah 2 verse 4. Then the king said to me, what is it you want? And then he prays again at what I like to call an arrow prayer. One of those prayers you just shoot up and it says, then I prayed to the God of heaven. One of those short, quick prayers that we almost breathe in and grasp in a moment. Now, I certainly believe in that kind of prayer. I believe that those quick arrow prayers are effective, especially when they're supported by a life of prayer. When that moment comes, you're already prayerful. You're in the presence of God day by day, and then you shoot up that arrow prayer. You see, this was not Nehemiah's only prayer. In chapter one, we see that he had been praying and fasting for during the last four months. And then the opportunity presents himself that he has been waiting for. And it's that quick prayer up to the Lord for wisdom and for guidance in his response. These short prayers, when we are faced with a situation of challenge, what a gift they are. That wherever the challenge comes, whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, God is right here. And in a whisper, in a moment, we can ask for help. I am pretty convinced that the only way we can pray as Paul tells us to pray in 1 Thessalonians 5, to pray continually, is by these arrow prayers in our day-to-day life. So we need to be patient. We need to pray continually about the situation that the Lord is laying on our hearts. To be praying for guidance, for wisdom and for opportunities. And then fourth, we see that Nehemiah patiently planned. It says, Nehemiah 2, 5 to 8. The king said to me, what is it that you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favour in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my fathers are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me so I set a time. I love that. You can see him processing. It pleased the king to say, right, okay, I need to set a time. I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me with safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the king's forest, so he will give me timber to make the beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. He's not asking for much, is he? Goodness me. A bit of gumption, that's what I call it, a bit of gumption that the Lord gave him. Nehemiah had a lot of requests here for the king and he didn't make these up off the top of his head. During his time of patiently waiting, of patiently serving, of patiently praying, he was also patiently planning. Some of the questions I imagine he must have been asking is, oh, what would actually happen for, what would have to happen for me to actually do this thing that the Lord's laid on my heart? What, what would be needed? And mm, I would need some time off my current work 
if I'm going to be able to do this? Uh, What materials might I need to do the job and where could I get those? Uh, I would need to live somewhere during that time. So where could I get the materials to build my house? Uh, What about opposition? There are bound to be those that will oppose my request. What am I going to do about that? How could I plan ahead to assure safety as best as I can for this incredible journey? He had been thinking through and planning all that might happen to fulfil the vision that the Lord had laid upon his heart. And this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to use time with him to think things through. Proverbs 21 verse 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. So all us patient kids, we need to continue to be patient and to plan patiently. When you are in God's waiting room, know that he has a purpose for that time in the waiting room. It's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. Be alert to the promptings of the Spirit if you are in a season of waiting. We don't need to rush into what the Lord lays upon our hearts, but to be thinking through, to be planning, to be praying for the vision to be accomplished. But Nehemiah shows us that we can also be bold about it. We can be bold because if the Lord has laid it on our hearts, then he will be faithful. Nehemiah did not say, well, I don't really know where to get this stuff from. I I don't have any of it, King. He found out who did have it. He he had the names of the people to ask for safe passage and he knew the, the person to ask for the timber and he had it all planned. The king asked, what do you want? And he was ready. Send me to rebuild the wall. But king, I also need the wood to do it and the security and a place to live. Could you provide that also? And the king did. The words of the king granted. Granted, he says. I grant your requests. And this was a minor miracle because uh, the king of the time, one, had already passed a law that the gates and the city could not be rebuilt and he had to have a total change of heart and mind to allow this request. Also, others around him in governance and leadership there were also really against this. And yet, the king grants Nehemiah's request. Why? Because he was a man of integrity. Because over the months and years, however long it was that he had served the king, he had proven himself. God has got you and I in situations and circumstances where our integrity can be shown in your workplace, in your family, in your neighbourhood, in this community, where your integrity can be shown. So that when the time comes, we have favour in people because God puts that favour upon us. There will be people in your 
sphere of influence, connections that you have, people that when the time comes will be able to help you with what the Lord lays on your heart to do. I am amazed that every time Carlos and last time uh, I went with Amy and JJ and Carlos, the whole family, we went out to Uganda and we were there with some of the guys here uh, building and um, working for the orphanage there in Uganda. And I am amazed how many people at the school gate were blown away with what we were doing and really wanted to help. I wasn't expecting people at the school gate to say, oh, can you send me some photos of what you're doing? Oh, can I give some money? Can I support? Oh, can I, is there anything you need? Can I provide baby clothes or can I provide something? It's amazing how God uses us in the places and the spheres of influence, the connections we have, and brings provision when it's needed. So when we have patiently waited upon the Lord, when we have prayed, when we have planned, when we have sought the Lord, and the time comes, we can act boldly. And when God intervenes, we can respond by the last P, by praising. Nehemiah 2 Eight. And because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted my requests. Nehemiah recognised that it was God who was making things happen and he gives him the credit. When things start to happen concerning the vision that God has laid on your heart as an individual, on our hearts as a community here at St Saviour's, we just need to watch that pride doesn't kick in. Because Nehemiah could have said, oh, all my planning and praying and waiting on the Lord are really paying off. Aren't I something? Isn't God amazing that he's using me to make all this happen? God is sure lucky he's got me on his side. But Nehemiah doesn't. He recognises why these things are fruitful why these things are happening. And he gives praise to the Lord because of it. Psalm 52 verse 9. I will praise you, Lord, forever for what you have done. Is there something that the Lord has done for you this week? And as yet, you haven't taken that moment to give him thanks and to praise his name. Do it. Do it. We need to do the same thing. When vision starts to move forward... Let's not take the credit, but give God all the glory. For he is the one at work through you and through me. Uh, We, as a church here at St Saviour's, have been for many, many years praying, being patient, waiting on the Lord and planning to do something about our building, our physical church building. We, for many years, we had nights of fasting. We uh, had whole days where we fasted and prayed all day and then we came and we prayed together in the evening. And at that point, the Lord said, not now. That was quite a few years ago, wasn't it? And we were on the verge of doing something about our building. And yet the Lord seemed to say, not now. And over the last uh, months, this has been brewing and brewing and brewing and stirring in our hearts that in order 
to really grow and continue to do all that God is calling us to do here at St Saviour's, we need to do something about our facilities. We had, um, I'm sure we've got some lovely guests here tonight. If you're new, very warm welcome to you. Uh, We had some lovely guests first time in this morning. I apologised about the freezing toilets because they're absolutely freezing, especially if the heater hasn't been on that long. About the cracked tiles, the asbestos leaking roof out the back, uh, all sorts of things that are going wrong with this building. But it's not only putting things right or even finishing the building that was never finished and it's got corrugated card, card, that is the wrong word, iron, I think, corrugated iron, let's say that, at the side. Technical terms coming out now. But we want to grow, don't we? We want our children, our young people, our community lunches, we want all these things to grow for God's glory. And we need more space. And so we're on the verge now. We're on the verge and we believe that the Lord is saying for such a time as this. This is the moment to move, to move with boldness and to move faithfully as a people of God to bring to fruition the next part of the Lord's vision for us here at St Saviour's. But of course, whenever God is involved, it is not actually about the physical building. It's always about people, the people we can reach that maybe we can't now because we don't have the room to fit them in. The people that might come in through all sorts of different ways if we had more space and better facilities. It's about people. And we are excited is probably an understatement to see what God will do in this place because God has amazing plans for St Saviour's Sunbury and for our community. What about you as an individual? What is it that the Lord has amazing plans for you, Stuart, and for you, Vin, for you, Joya, for you, Alison, for you, Paul? What is it? Because for every single one of us, the Lord says he has amazing plans and purposes. And he lets us know about them by laying on our hearts situations, people, circumstances, places. He lays them on our heart. And as we allow the Lord to touch us and to speak to us, he will grow that sense of a burden, that sense of a call, that sense that he has got something that only you can do, that he has situated you in this place at this time for a purpose. And so often in life we think we can't see it. But so often when we look back, we see, ah, that's what God was up to. That was why I had to wait for so long before I saw an answer to prayer or before I saw change. And the Lord wants to encourage you tonight. Hold on. If you've received a burden from the Lord, continue to pray and to serve and to wait patiently. If you're at a time in your life where you don't know what the Lord is calling you to, he does have plans and purposes for you. Begin to spend time in God's waiting room, asking him, what is it, Lord, that you have for me? Let's stand together. The band are going to come up and we're going to pray as we respond. Lord, we want to thank you this evening that you are 
faithful, not faithful sometimes, not faithful often, but faithful always. And we recognise, Lord, that there are times when we can't see what you're doing, that we can't see that you are at work. But this evening we want to again place our trust in you, place our hope in you. We want that assurance in our heart and our mind that you are faithful, that you have plans and purposes for us as a community and for us as individuals that are good. And Lord, we know that life is so often a struggle, a battle. You know how much many of us struggle with the waiting, Lord. Why can it not happen in our timing? But Lord, we thank you that you are trustworthy and that your timing is good. Lord, we pray that you'd help us to lay before you the things that you have laid on our hearts, to cast our cares upon you, to lay our burdens before you, and then to pick up the things that you want us to pick up and take out of this place, to act upon, to act boldly upon, because you are faithful and you are good. Stir our hearts, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to receive prayer this evening, maybe it's that you've just got a blank and you've no idea what God's asking of you at this time in your life, or maybe it's that you need to take a step forward or that you're struggling to wait, then we would love to pray for you. So the guys who are on prayer tonight, maybe we'll go over where the light is tonight. We'll go over in that corner and um, just make your way over there. We'd love to pray. Let's respond.